0: You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. And now let's get into the podcast. Good morning, my precious Crossroads family. Uh, Good for us to be together again. Now, you might remember that a couple of weeks ago, I introduced uh, a new sermon series. Uh, God has laid this series on my heart kind of towards the end of last year already. And so I'm really excited about the series. I've been looking forward to the series for a long time. And I really believe in it. And I really believe that God has uh, laid some things on my heart. And really at the heart of it is this is this idea, this promise from Jesus that he will not leave us orphans, but he will leave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, and Jesus describes for us the Holy Spirit as our paraclete. You know this word, as our helper. And so Jesus is saying that I understand that to follow me and to live this life of, of, of worship and to live faithfully and in obedience and to flourish is not going to be an easy thing and you won't really be able to do it on your own. You need help. So I'm going to give you a helper. And so the series is with this overarching idea of the Holy Spirit as a helper. This series is about trying to answer the question, How? How? Holy Spirit, you want to help me, and that's wonderful, and I'm excited about that, but how? And so twofold, really, for me is my prayer as we go through this series. And uh, so this will turn out probably to be the, uh, probably the longest series I've done so far, because in, in my schedule, this is down for the next nine weeks. Because I really believe that, God, that this is God's heart for us as a community. How does the Holy Spirit, and so, and so two things. On the one hand, I want us to really step by step, week by week, just on a really practical and cerebral, uh, cognitive level, just really try and answer the question, well, how does the Holy Spirit help me? In my normal day-to-day comings and goings, to know the power of God and the presence of God in my life. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, I've come to the discovery that so many of us that come to church Sunday after Sunday, so many of us live with a certain degree of disappointment in terms of our relationship with God. We had thought it could just be one thing, but then it's turned out to not be quite what I'd imagined or expected or hoped, and I was wanting more and hoped for more, and, and so it just hasn't kind of panned out in the way that I thought it would. And so then, how does the Holy Spirit help me and specifically make Jesus real for me? And so that very practical sense, but then also on the other hand, my hope and my prayer is this, and we want to leave space for that, is my hope is also not just practical, but supernatural, that in this series, that we will get to supernaturally and beautifully and lovingly and graciously and kindly and just in a very special and in a new way that you will come to experience, perhaps for the first time, but if not, then at least grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm hoping for both. I'm praying for both and I'm trusting for both as we go through the series. And so as I said to you in week one, uh, we are going to take time in our services as we progress through the series to pray for one another, to pray with one another, to pray come Holy Spirit into this situation, into my life here. And and we're going to do that in the weeks to come. So today really is week one. And the Holy Spirit is our helper, how? And so we're going to look step by step, week by week, at different sides of the character to different aspects of who the Holy Spirit is and just how the Holy Spirit helps us. And today is going to be week one of that. But I want you to write down two questions. And I want to give you some homework. And my homework for you is this: is that as so starting today throughout this week and every week moving forward, to ask these two questions of what was spoken of, what you've heard, what you've read. Number one, Lord, what is it that I need to receive in terms of this? What do I need to receive? What do I need to hear? What are you saying to me? What do I need to receive? And then the second question is, Lord, how do I need to respond? What do I need to give? What do I need to surrender? What do I need to do with this that I've received? So as we're talking about this and this and this in the weeks to come, what must I receive and how must I respond? Those are your two questions to carry with you. Right, so let's, let's start here. Um, have you ever been on holiday uh, in a place that is particularly historic? It's quite obvious to you as you uh, meander through the streets of this town or this city or whatever it might be, that this place is fairly historic. You know, you look here and there's this, uh, here's this cathedral, and it's quite obvious that something is... There's some story there, there's some history there. You know, and this person's buried there, and this and that, whatever, and you and you don't know their names, you don't know who or what, and you think, Well, I wish I knew the story behind this building. You know, or there's this museum, or there's this statue, you turn around the corner here, and and here's a statue of a guy on a horse, and it says Valhalem something, and you know, well, I don't know who Valhalem is, but he must have been some, there must be a cool story there, because otherwise there won't be a guy on a horse here. Have you ever been to a city like that where you go and think, oh, I wish I knew what the story was behind that building, behind that statue, behind that museum, behind that cathedral, behind that church, behind this monument? Anybody been on holiday to a place like this where where you thought to yourself, I wish I knew more about what goes on here, the story behind this? Well, I'm like that, and so let me share with you a little bit, so Some years ago, I went to Israel, and I spent um, a week or so in Jerusalem. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, that's great. I read the Bible. I've studied theology. I've read the Bible a few times, actually. Many, many times, actually. (laughs) So I know about the things of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I know about the places and the things in Jerusalem, so I'm going to be great. So I booked a week in Jerusalem, and uh, I I stayed with this family, and so I'm walking the streets of Jerusalem, and I go past this venue and this church and this holy site, and I'm thinking to myself, I know about this, but I wish I knew a little bit more, (laughs) For example, I, I sat uh, every morning because it was close to where I stayed. I, I, I sat at this one church uh, called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and uh, which is the fable or the, or the legend there is that's the site where Jesus was apparently crucified and buried, um, unlikely, but you know it's in the vicinity, I'm sure. Um, and so I would sit there and I would um, uh, have my devotions and so on. Lovely, and then from there I'd go off into the city and uh, I would walk and i think, okay, that's great, that's nice, I know a little bit about this, a little bit about that, but I wish I knew more. It was okay, but not great. Here's an example for you. You may know this story. I'll tell it again. So this one particular morning I thought to myself, I'm going to go and I'm going to spend the morning in the Garden of Gethsemane. All right? Some of you know the story. I'm going to spend the morning in the Garden of Gethsemane. So I pack my little, uh, my little backpack with my yogurt and my apple and my banana and my and, and my. Uh Mm. African swear called potcourse. I had my potcourse in. I was ready. My Bible is in there. And my, and my worship music. And I'm marching off to the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm gonna spend the morning in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so I get there in this beautiful black, a steel gate, and it creaks open, just like you see in the movies. And as it creaks open, I think, ah, yes. And I'm all excited and there's like a little benchy thing. There's like olive trees and stuff. And I can just, and I sit there and I just imagine Jesus here, you know, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I and I get my yogurt out and I open my Bible. I put my music on and I'm worshiping and I'm praying. And it's just wonderful. And as I'm just there enjoying it. I look up and there's a guy um, in a building waving at me. And I'm like, oh, great. And I'm, you know, I'm waving back at the guy. And, um, and I'm carrying on. And I look and he's just still waving. I'm like, yeah, I saw you. <laughs> I love it. I go, you know, and um, then eventually, you know, he comes out. And, he, and uh, so I, t- I see he wants to talk to me. And I take my earphones out. And, and he goes, um, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm doing? I'm, I'm sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane, reading my Bible. And he goes, "Um, This is my garden. (laughs) This is not the garden of Gethsemane. This is my garden get out I'm Like what oh sorry I completely got the wrong place I do not know where I was going so you can imagine this guy imagine this is you you come down you know the morning make your coffee in your kitchen you look out the window there's a random guy sitting in your back garden thinking what's this guy doing here well I'm that guy that was me got completely lost but I thought I knew Anyway, so I tell the story to my host. And so the mother then says to me, the mom of the house, she says, oh, um, uh, my son studied history at university. And in fact, more specifically, um, had just finished some other masters or something, specifically on the history of Jerusalem. And he's working part-time as a tour guide, and he'll be home tomorrow. Would you like for him to take you around the city? Yes, please. So the next day, this guy comes, and he takes me to the same places that I had been to before, and he changed everything. He was my teacher, my guide, and took me places that I had been to before, but it wasn't alive. I missed so much. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And there he was teaching me, guiding me, instructing me, helping me, saying, ooh, well, let me tell you about this. And if you go there, this. And here's an example of it. Let me quickly show you the church of the Holy Sepulchre. Here's an example. I told you about this church. Uh, thanks, Pam. So this was... so." that's it there, right? So just on the right-hand side, there's some, uh, some seating over there. And so every morning I would go and I would sit there and I would pray. Some of you are going to go there soon, I think. Uh, some of you will know what I'm going to talk about. Some of you have been. Who's been there? Okay, well, there you go. Okay, so some of you might know this. Uh, some of you may have been there and still don't know this. So I sit there, and that was me. So I would every morning go there. I would sit there, and i read my Bible, and I'd think about it because, you know, this is the supposed site where Jesus was crucified and buried and, and so on, and I would just, you know, meditate on that. And so the first stop that this lady's son takes me on, this this guide, this teacher, this tutor, took me on. We stopped there. And I go, no, don't worry. I've been here before. I've been here a few times. He says, oh, but... Um, do you know the story behind the immovable ladder? I'm like, what is immovable ladder? He says, yes, the ladder. I'm like, what ladder? Because you, you never saw the ladder? You've been here a whole week, every day you never saw a ladder? I'm like, no. So, under that window is a ladder. Never saw it, never noticed it. So if you go there again and you've never noticed it before, go and see if you can spot the ladder. It's called, actually, the immovable ladder ladder. And it's been there. It's a, and then he tells me the story of it. It's been there since 1750 something, 52 or 58. And it hasn't been moved. It hasn't been moved because two churches, uh, I think it's the Armenian church and the Greek Orthodox church, cannot agree about what to do with the ladder. So they said, well, let's just <laughs> leave it here. So I thought, yep, that sounds like church to me. <laughs> we can't agree so we just leave the ladder and it's been there since 1750 something and he showed me the moveable ladder and I would never noticed it before and he tells me this story and that story and I thought to myself wouldn't it be great if there was someone who could teach me show me Help me see and understand. Bring to life Jesus for me. Wouldn't it be great if I could have my own personal teacher that will teach me Jesus? Ooh, I never noticed that. Ooh, I didn't know that. Oh, Jesus, what? Really? I didn't see that. And may Jesus come alive for me. Well, you're in luck. Jesus, on the night before his crucifixion, four times, again and again and again and again, to make the point, says, the Father will send you a helper. And in those four verses there, Jesus shows us how this helper is going to help us. And we come to discover one of the key ways that the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Spoiler alert, here it is. He wants to be Your professional tour guide. (laughs) He wants to be your teacher. Holy Spirit as teacher. I think that's so cool. I think that's amazing. Think about it. The one who was there at creation... The one who was there at the incarnation, at the resurrection, at the empty tomb, wants to be my teacher? Very cool. And you'll come to discover, we're going to read about it now. This teacher specializes in one subject. Jesus. Jesus. He wants to teach you Jesus. He wants to wow you with Jesus. He wants to make Jesus come alive for you. He wants to almost like resurrect Jesus all for the pages of the Bible for you personally. That's the first key way that the Holy Spirit wants to help you in your relationship with God. He wants to teach you personally about Jesus. So, let's read a little bit about that. Um, As I said to you, the word, so Jesus on the night uh, before his crucifixion, we read this in John's Gospel, um, talks about this. and, And he talks about the Holy Spirit as paraclete. You know that word? It means helper. The word paraclete is found five times in the Bible. And of those five times, Jesus uses it four times. And he uses it those four times on the night before his crucifixion. It's important. He wants to emphasize it. So he says it again and again and again and again that we get it. There is a helper for you. And then let me read the verses for you. And then I want you to notice some things. Some things about this helper and also about the key mission how this Holy Spirit is going to help us. Okay, so let's just read it. John 14, let me start there with verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you, and He will be in you. Jesus says it. This paraclete, this helper will dwell with you, will be in you. Later on, a few verses later, Jesus says how he's going to help you. We'll get to that. Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the helper, paraclete, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Clue. Chapter 16, verse 7 and 8, and verses 13 and 14. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For, for if I do not go away, the helper, Paraclete, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, and He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will show you teach you the heart of Jesus. That's how he's going to help you, by being your teacher. I want you to notice a few things out of those verses, a few things that stand out to me. The first is this, and I never really thought about it this way until I prayed This prayer, and this is my my standard prayer, and this is the prayer I want to teach you. We'll go through it right at the end again, the prayer that I want you to go into the week with, and it is this. Holy Spirit, be my teacher. Show me Jesus today, or show me Jesus as I read your word. Holy Spirit, be my teacher. Show me Jesus as I read your word. And I noticed this. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's my teacher. So here's what I noticed. The son asks the father. The father sends the Holy Spirit. And it struck me, and I never noticed before, it struck me, that all of heaven, father, son, Holy Spirit, they're all involved. All of heaven wants to help you. Isn't that so cool? All of heaven. The Son is involved. The Father is involved. The Holy Spirit is involved. All of heaven is for you and wants to help you. Wants to teach you. Now listen. Can I just say to you, if that doesn't, stirs something all tingly inside of you, then I just really, then I, I can't help you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they are all together wanting to help you. And then I noticed again, and I touched on this the first time, but I want to say it again. I noticed the pronouns used as Jesus was talking about this helper. And I remind you of this, that we come to see in those verses that this helper, the Holy Spirit that Jesus was talking about, that's going to come to help you, is not just a mystical electricity or a force, but it is a person. And it's significant for one key reason. And it's significant for this reason. You cannot have a relationship with electricity. You can, but it's going to hurt. (laughs) But you can have a relationship with a person. And Jesus, in explaining to us about this person, about the Holy Spirit, wants us to get the point that it is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And so you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's important for us to get that. And then in chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus just explicitly quite, is quite clear in saying, here is the first and primary and key way that the Holy Spirit wants to help you in your walk with God. Verse 26, let me read it. he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you that is your key verse for this week i want you to take a note of that verse john 14:26 and those two questions i asked you to ask ask those two questions of this text What am I to receive? How am I to respond? The Holy Spirit wants to be your teacher. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said, Jesus says. And here is just, here's my takeaway. One of my personal takeaways from that passage. Here's what I hear. Here's what I note when I read that verse. what sets us apart as followers of Christ is that Jesus is alive. And that means that yes, our Lord spoke, but he speaks still. He taught, but he teaches still because Jesus is alive and he wants to teach me. And so I'm not left to my own devices. I'm not left to go searching for knowledge here and, and there and, and this philosophy and that, trying to figure out who I am, where I fit in the world, where I belong, how to make sense of life. I'm not left on my own to figure this all out. The Holy Spirit wants to teach me how God teaches still. I love that. I want to give you just a couple of examples about the Holy Spirit teaching us just from my own life and then I will make one more comment and then we'll close it up. So sometimes people would come to me and say, Paul, um, you know, I've, after I've preached, Paul, I've, I've read that verse before but I never, I never saw that. How did you come up with that? How did you But you shared something that I never saw in that passage. Don't for one minute think I'm that clever. Here's what happens as I sit with the text before me, I pray this prayer. And this is the prayer I want to give you. You've got your two questions, your main passage, and your prayer you're going to pray. Here's the prayer. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Be my teacher. Show me Jesus as I read your word. That's how I come up with these things. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. And he makes Jesus alive for me. And all of heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit... Wants to help you and make Jesus come alive for you and be your teacher. As I said, the one who was there right from the beginning, he wants to enchant you with the manger, empower you with the cross embolden you with the empty tomb. He wants to infect you with the love that he has for the Savior. He wants to wow you with Jesus. Not too long ago, I was stressed out of my mind. I was tired. I was stressed and wanted to just run away. We've all been there, right? And all of a sudden, This verse in Matthew 11 pops into my mind. Why did it pop into my mind? Because the Holy Spirit is my helper. So the Holy Spirit is helping me. This verse, Matthew 11, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. You know the verse. So in a very real practical way. The Holy Spirit comes and helps me. Oh, but he's not just my helper. He's my teacher. And then he proceeded to teach me. And he just highlighted one word out of that verse for me. And it it was the word or the pronoun me. Paul, you are tired and stressed and you're going here and you're going there and you're talking to this one and that one and you're trying this and you're trying that. How about... Come to me, and so the Holy Spirit was teaching me and making Jesus alive for me. Here's another one. Interesting fact about uh, John fourteen twenty six. He will teach you all things, and and uh, what does it say? Um, teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance. That's the phrase, and bring to your remembrance. Go and look at it. That phrase, bring to your remembrance, can also be translated as, and to make contemporary. That's so cool. So what that verse says, the job of the Holy Spirit is not just to teach you by reminding you the words of Je- that Jesus spoke, but also to make them contemporary. In other words, to make them relevant. So the job of the Holy Spirit is to take the words of Jesus, the things that Jesus said, and here's how he teaches you, is to unfold the words, the significance of these words for your life and your situation right now. That's how he wants to help you. That's how he teaches you by taking these words and turning them and lifting them out of the pages and making them relevant, contemporary, God's word for you here, now, today, for this moment, for this pain, for this battle, for this struggle, for this fear, for this anxiety, for this stress. Now, here's an example. Here's an example. Just so by the way, this reminds me. Can I just say this? You remember some months ago, I said to you, young person, because I've got no other way of contacting you, so I have to say it here. You didn't leave me any details. You wrote to me about what's going on in your life. It's the bookmark in my Bible. I want to just, if you are here, I want you just to know it. I carry it with me everywhere, and I pray for you every time I open my Bible. Please remember that. Okay, so anyway. Um, so now, I'm okay, here's the backstory. story. So we continue with how the Holy Spirit makes it relevant for our lives. So here's the backstory Again, just a little bit personal, but I'm just sharing it to help you. So I was, in fact, surprisingly, because somebody knows me, invited and then subsequently after the process of application accepted to go and study at a very fancy and very well known institution a little bit of an honor actually and i've been wrestling with this for a long time because part of and here's what you need to know and it is just is that the what i was going to study is uh, was not theology it was something else not for a career change, you know, don't. Panic. But, um, and so I've been wrestling with this. Do I do this? Do I study this? Do I, I don't have time, I'm busy, whatever. So that's the backstory. And now I'm having my devotions and I pray, welcome, Holy Spirit. Be my teacher. Show me Jesus as I read your word. So I'm reading Romans chapter 1. This happened a couple of weeks ago. I'm reading Romans chapter 1, and you know how Romans 1 starts. It goes, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. I've read that many times before. But that day, Paul it literally has got my name in it. <laughs> Paul, the Holy Spirit being my teacher. Paul, you're a servant of Christ. You are called to be and set apart for. So I told them I can't study this. <laughs> Taking the words of Jesus and making them contemporary, relevant for my life now today. Helping me to know Jesus and his will for my life. Making him alive for me. And here's what I learned. As we say amen now to one another. Here's what I learned, and if we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as wanting to be your teacher, there's one key thing I have to say, and you have to make a note of this. I've come to discover that humility is the soil in which the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives. You see, it's one thing to have a teacher, your personal divine teacher wanting to show you Jesus. It's one thing to have somebody who just did his masters in the history of Jerusalem, wanting and willing to take you around the city. But it's another thing to want to be led, to want to be guided, to want to be taught. To say, no, thank you. I've already been to the church of the Holy Sepulchre. I've seen it every day all week long. I could have said that. But I would have missed the story of the immovable ladder. Humility. In other words, a willingness to want to be taught by the great teacher. A willingness to want to learn. A willingness, a heart that says, Lord, please this week show me the immovable ladder. Scattered throughout scripture, let me find the stories of the immovable ladders. Give me a teachable spirit. Is the beginning of unlocking the Holy Spirit as teacher. Amen. Lord, what must I receive? How should I respond? Welcome, Holy Spirit. Be my teacher. Show me Jesus today. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.